You have just entered the Katie Ma podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 275 of the KB Mod podcast. It's April 23rd, 2017, Sunday evening, and uh, I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm joined, as always, by Brad and KD. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm good myself here. Just went to, went to a wedding today. Oh, did you? It's pretty, a yeah. Sunday wedding. Yeah. Yes, it's actually very beautiful weather today. Nice. So. Okay, yeah. you made it back in time for the cast. That's very considerate of you. I did. Did you miss yeah, out on I the after party or something just to be at the cast? Oh, it, oh, pff, there there was no after party. <laughs> okay. Well, it wasn't a wasn't a very good evening. I mean, it was fine, but it really? was uh, not really a wedding of the partying kind of people. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I was going to say throwing some of, shade on the wedding. Yeah, no, I mean it was a great wedding. It just wasn't. Um, you didn't. You don't go there expect like a party or something. Like, I mean, what am I trying to say? It was um, a couple of very conservative cousins. Is one of okay. their kinds. Not two. No, what am I Your saying? It was one me. cousin of mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, so not, not both be, cousins. Yeah. It was a cousin. No. <laughs> it was a cousin and her wedding. Man, yeah, that came out very wrong. <laughs> Okay, so it was it was it was like a it was like a proper wedding, not so much uh, not so much a party scene. Exactly. Yeah, no one's getting turned. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. So you had just your cousins. (laughs) Just cousins. Just uh, just both both cousins enjoying themselves. Yeah, I'm sure they had a great night. (laughs) No, other than that, been having a good week. Gonna start hitting the gym pretty soon. Good. Okay. All right. Hitting yeah. the gym. I notice you're uh, for our audio listeners. You're not getting to enjoy KD clean shaven, fresh haircut. He's uh, yes. Yeah. Hardly recognized him. <laughs> it's like a whole new person on the cast now. Yeah. I mean, if you hit the gym, I who knows? Who knows? You're gonna make people tune in for the video. <laughs> that uh, should just be the, the new thumbnail for the the podcast. Yeah. It's just a picture of me, no shirt on. Well, we've, you know, we, we've been, uh, for a while we were tracking, you know, your, your game diet. Now maybe we got to track your real diet. You know, My real gonna, diet. You're gonna Ooh. Hit, you're going to hit the gym. We got to, you know, try and keep you accountable. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> Those Wendy's fondue fries got to go out the window. They do. Yeah. I'll have to start, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make flashcards of all the exercises I have to stick to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, well, we uh, we are missing Scott this week. You notice he's not here. Uh, he is in L.A. I think visiting uh, Sark and Nick Fenton and other uh, other friends of the cast. So hopefully he's having a nice time. Yeah. But I, th- I think he'll be is, back uh, next week. This is suspiciously timed, just as the same, uh, just as Hutch is moving to L.A. Yeah. So we yeah. may see a certain YouTube video if they decide to uh, to pander. It, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely doesn't seem coincidental. Um, also this week, mm-hmm. like this past week was 420. So I just, I feel like there's definitely some heavy Illuminati. <laughs> calculated. Yeah. This, <laughs> there's something going on. There's the, too many coincidences at once, uh, to, to really believe that that wasn't pre-planned. But, uh, but yeah, he's on the West coast. I think he's, he's flying back at some point. Uh, so I think he'll be back next week, but, uh, you get to enjoy us three for, uh, for the second week in a row. And you know what? It's kind of nice. We got a nice intimate cast. 
we got some we got some news we got some uh, quick hits we got a ton mm-hmm. of new releases my goodness that oh section, yeah that section's filled to the brim oh yeah um, crazy week this week but uh but before we get into all that man. sorry no, I was just saying 2017. It's been just a crazy year for gaming. It has so far. been. The past few months have been uh, have been pretty wild, um, especially between oh, yeah. like console and PC. I feel like we've had it started off a little bit slow, but we've had a bunch of new releases hitting pretty much every week. Oh yeah, so that'll be a, a nice section. I look forward to that one. But before we get there, uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Uh, we can talk about gaming or just normal stuff. I mean, aside from the wedding you went to today. Uh, mm-hmm. Brad, have you been up to anything uh, anything exciting? Um, it's that time of year, so I'm getting to do some more hikes lately. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it's just not a raining mess around here. Mm-hmm. So, um, my girlfriend and I climbed up, you know, part of a mountain, saw some waterfalls. Uh, took took like our family member's dog out. It was it was pretty fun. And then I went to a cider festival yesterday or the day before. Like one of the very few like cider specific uh events that i've ever seen because usually it's like beer or wine i was wine. gonna say what like what happens at a cider festival you just uh so you pay a ticket and like when you get there you get a glass and then tokens and then you can use those tokens to get like a, a sample of like different ciders that you want so um so you get five tokens so you can go try five different ciders and then you could buy more tokens if you want oh, it's relatively cool. cheap and but yeah it's it's all either local or national ciders and ciders are kind of picking up um at least here in the northwest um a lot of people are figuring out like i don't really like beer but i'm not really a wine guy you know what's what's kind of the the thing i can go for and ciders picking up because of that i think yeah i don't um, like beer but i i actually really enjoy cider i don't have it that often because some cider is really sweet uh, but mm-hmm. I, I actually, then, that sounds pretty cool. Then you would have liked this, yeah, because yeah. they have just everything you could think of. And, yeah, and I, lo- then, um, I love some of like the more craft ciders that I've had, uh, especially ones that aren't uh, that aren't super sweet. That sounds really fun. Yeah, some some are you know kind of tart, sour, dry. You know, just a very very different. Uh, but but it's to me, I'm not really a beer guy. Um, as much as I try. Um, you know, it, it was really nice. It was enjoyable. Um, uh, but And then they had food and, you know, some local stuff, a band playing, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, yeah, but that, that was that was it for me as far as events. Uh, what about yourself? Uh, I, I had a pretty quiet week. Uh, mostly just, uh, it, was my, it was my wife and I's anniversary this weekend, so we, or this week. So we went to, uh, we just went to a nice dinner last night. So nothing, nothing crazy. But uh, what have we been gaming? Because uh, I have much more to talk about there. Well, I was about to say you made Katie's, Katie and I wait like 40 <laughs> minutes last night for your stupid anniversary uh, yeah. you know, dinner. Well, yeah, that's a, a nice little segue. Uh, yeah, we've been, we've been playing some uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, which is, not, is now not a new topic anymore on the cast. But, <laughs> uh, but man, that's, that's pretty much all I've been playing recently and uh it has been it has been contributing to some late nights this week yes. uh which is which is not necessarily a good thing for me but uh i've been really really enjoying it uh playing with you guys i've been playing with uh, a few other friends and just something about something about that game 
uh man like duos trios uh quads it's it's all been fun um even the games where we lose i feel like Katie, I think you're muted, by the way. Yeah, I was. I was, <laughs> I was just saying, the one more factor on that game is just super yeah, strong. It really is. It's, I mean, everyone is like, all right, we're going to play like one more game. We'll just go, you know, we'll go and like try, we'll basically try and die quickly, you know, like just we'll go out guns blazing. And uh, and then you get one of those and it only lasts five minutes and you're like, all right, come on, let's we, we can do one more. We can do one more. So yeah, it's been, you know, been going to bed at like three or 4 a.m. some nights uh, this weekend just because... Uh, you get that one more factor and uh and you know especially when you get a win um we've gotten i've gotten a few wins and we actually got a uh, i got like a duo win with someone and then we got a we got a fours win uh last night or the night before and uh i i managed to grab an awm and we had a suppressor for the sniper rifle and so it was the first time i got to try an awm with a with a suppressor and it was it was just disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. And so uh, for for those that don't play the game, so basically it's you and your teammates or just yourself, depending on the game mode you play, try to last to the end and you know get kills along the way. But really, the ultimate goal is just be the last one standing. Uh, so the game modes uh, often referred to as King of the Hill. But um, so the the weapon Brandon got, you can only get in a drop. Yeah, and it's basically it is it is the same weapon as the op in Counter Strike. Like it's the same gun model that shoots 300 magnum ammo, and it's yeah. it's the strongest sniper rifle in the game. And so, yeah, it's 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 a little unreal. You don't want to be on the other end. Um, let's just put it that way. Um, but uh, Eddie, you're we... muted again. <laughs> How? <laughs> this I swear, dude. This Yeti. I think the the mute the mute button might be like sensitive or something but yeah we've been getting plenty of wins like when it was uh three of us and then i, I th- and maybe it was just me brandon john and one of your friends got plenty of wins there i did a, a duo with brad i got a win there some of us getting uh much more passionate about the game than others and getting a little more uh letting our emotions take control uh you know for better or for worse yep yeah we had a <laughs> uh we had like a, a duo game or a a trio game where I was uh, I was the last one, and it was a military base ending. So we, uh, and the mm-hmm. military base is all for those who don't play. The military base is like where some of the best weapons are, but it's always very heavily trafficked. And uh, and so I was the last one, and I had gotten several kills. You know, I, I'd killed like four people in the last ten or something, and it was me and and one guy left. But I didn't have any any med kits or anything, so I only, I was like one shot. And, uh, and I, my heart was pounding. Like there is no, there is just no other game I have played in recent memory where I'm sitting here completely alert and my heart is pounding. Like my blood pressure is rising. Um, and I ended up, you know, I, I threw a grenade. I was trying to kind of bait him out, but we both had to move and he had, I think he was full health. Um, and man, he just, he, he got the, he got the jump on me a little bit and, uh, and I got a couple shots in him, but I was only one hit, so he killed me, and I got second. Uh, <sighs> but but just like that, that adrenaline rush is something that I have not experienced in another game. In I mean, may, maybe ever. Like even even mm-hmm. first person shooters that I really love, you never get that heart pounding type action. I feel like because it's over, it's still over so quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the only game I have gotten that from is like playing H one. 
but then I just feel like it's just so much more amped up now that I feel kind of in control with Battlegrounds. Because, like, H1, it's so unpredictable with the bugs and the cheating that, like, if you lose, it honestly might be up to, like, one of those factors. But, like, Battlegrounds is so well-polished to this point where it's, like, if you're top five, really what's going to stop you from from getting there is really just you and your loadout. Like, you can't you can't really go to blame, like... Uh, oh, the hit reg system is garbage, or uh, or like, oh, that dude was fly hacking or something. Like, no, it is straight up. Like, at this point, I just feel like it is you and like your gameplay, and I feel like that's what amplifies that that adrenaline. It's just a lot of pressure. And um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I I think the you guys saw that at least Brandon did where I wiped out a whole squad by myself. Mm-hmm. My, my heart was going crazy, but basically Sorry. what was what was happening was Brandon got ambushed while we were up on the hill and he was like in a house or something. He didn't know that we were up above and um, one by one, everybody kind of died just cause we were spread out and I had, I had like two weapons. One of them was like a silenced UMP and go up to the house, shoot one guy that had his back to to me. And then I go by a window and I see two guys looking out the window. And I just like, I just go nuts through this window, get one guy. And then I, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to commit. I run into the house, get his buddy. And then I wait out for the fourth person. And uh, I got the whole squad. My, my heart was just about to pop out of my chest. Like it was so unreal. Awesome, um, yeah. So, yeah, the, uh, I think the, I feel like every game, uh, every game kind of has a story, and those games that you win, it's like you, you almost, it takes me kind of back to the days where you always wanted to be recording, like because you never knew when something awesome yeah, or amazing yeah. would happen, and uh, and I feel like those those moments, they're, they're just they happen all the time in this game, and uh, and even. Like I can't, it's hard to compare it to really anything else that I've, that I've gotten that feeling from, because I'm trying to think like, you know, I like, let's say in call of duty, you know, your team would be, uh, maybe in domination and you're like vying back and forth for, for kills up until the last minute. But even that is like, not, it's just not that heart pounding excitement. You're like, you're like excited. You're, you know, you know, it's close or whatever, but there's just, I feel like the stakes aren't there. It's like ah, oh, if we if we win, cool. If we lose, there's another one right after this, and it's like it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. But uh, but Battlegrounds just it has, even though you can just queue up for another one, there's just mm-hmm. I feel like there's this sense of stakes that you don't get in other games. Oh yeah, like you the investment you put in is so big with time, and like every kill in that game feels like such an accomplishment. You know, like I, I was getting like you know snipes i was really proud of I, I was getting like grenade kills that like i felt super good and then stuff like that you know getting to like top 10 your heart is beating you just you get reminded you know you can really only feel this way in you know video games and that medium i mean mm-hmm. probably that and being actually held at gunpoint trying to win or like trying to kill people <laughs> but you know but yeah that, i just i've really been loving that game also yeah so that's uh that's been pretty much all i've played i played a, a small handful of hearthstone games um but I'm still, I'm just still not in love with the with this current expansion. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's just that that Battlegrounds is like stealing my my attention so much. 
Um, but yeah, because we were all going to play uh, Quake, right? And then yeah, we, we yeah, we yeah, were going to play Quake Champions, and then I think we all just collectively forgot that we were. No, do it's that. not that I forgot. I was like, oh, the Quake uh, Champions beta is out. I could play Battlegrounds. <laughs> uh, hmm, stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's now it's it's not that I don't want to play other games. It's just that I want to play Battlegrounds more than those games. <laughs> right. um, and and a new patch hit in the middle of this week, and it fixed some oh, of the issues. Like it added bikes. It I I have that excitement. It's different, but I'm I'm at a little bit of that excitement where I was at with Tribes Ascend, where I was like I was playing in the beta and I was paying attention to each patch. And like what they were fixing and changing with each patch, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a little bit I'm, I'm a little bit like that with Battlegrounds right now. Like anytime they release patch notes, I want to read through them and see what changed and and like pay attention to it. And normally, I'm I'm the opposite with games I'm playing. Like I don't I don't want to play them until they're a little more polished. You know, like I'm I'm maybe a little bit like that with Quake Champions. I'm excited for it, but also I know it's going to change a lot. And do I really want to uh, like? kind of go go through that roller coaster of changes through the beta and then to launch and it's like with battlegrounds i kind of i kind of do want to ride that roller coaster and that's a pretty rare thing oh yeah like committed to like you know keeping up with the game as it evolves which is like mm-hmm. it's, it's been such a successful really access you know it's it's already top three on steam it's amazing yeah i'm i'm, uh, I'm excited to see them doing well because i think like I, I want this game to have a long life based on what mm-hmm. I'm already seeing and like the enjoyment I'm already getting. I've already put in far more time than the $30 I spent uh, <laughs> could have gotten me. So, so that's been super fun. Uh, have you awesome. guys played anything else? Because I have not. <laughs> I think uh, it was it for me. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, well, I've played a couple more things. Uh, more Persona 5. Uh, beat the first boss in that game. Game is just still incredible. Uh, can't really talk about it, but I've been playing Outlast two a whole bunch, and we'll see a review on the website for that in the coming days. Was that a, well, not that a, a teaser? It's a little teaser. It's not going to be a review. It's oh, I'm going to be doing a review, but first it's going to be kind of like a, a first impressions video. So yeah. yeah, that'll be coming up possibly late tomorrow, early tomorrow. We'll see. It's kind of still in production, but um. Cool. Yeah, I've been playing that. But and, if you're listening uh, to the audio version, it may already be up. You could go to kvmod.com ooh. right now. There you go. You could. Check it out. And uh, But other than that, another thing, I I got back into Dark Souls 1 a little bit, which really? I haven't played in, yeah, I haven't played in a couple years. I found a, a mod for it, which, um, well, let me explain something. So in Dark Souls... Uh, there's this certain kind of multiplayer mechanic where you can basically curse someone else's game and have their world, like, have extra enemies put into it that are, like, they're called, like, Black Phantom enemies, where they, like, kind of glow red, and uh, they ha- <clears throat> they do double damage, they have double health, and, uh, like, it, it really... And so the only way you can get them out of your world is if you find the person, find, like, how to... Like, they have a sign put down somewhere in your game. You have to invade their game and kill them like uncurse your world it's it's a pretty interesting uh thing but um i downloaded a mod that makes it where every single enemy in the game is a red phantom and so it's like every common enemy every mob if they go hostile the giant crow that carries you in the beginning of the game is like all red and tinted 
it's it's so it's like hilarious like that too. But um, I've just really really am enjoying uh, uh, Dark Souls uh, because of that. Like going through the like the first level of the game, I haven't even beaten it yet with the mod on. Like I keep dying over and over. Just having like it, it sounds like a pretty simple like difference, but everything doing double damage and having more health. It just goes from something where it, it just demands perfection. And um, like the smallest mistake, you can get comboed and killed instantly. But it's it's not like everything is just one shotting you all the time because you can build your character a certain way to like be better for it. But it's not like um, oh, I t- I made this mistake, but I can just ask this flask from it. It's like okay, I made this mistake. Now I have to really buckle down and focus and get out of this hell situation I'm in. You know, but um, so yeah, it's but that's been a really interesting take on it, uh, which. It's like um, it's also just cool. Like some people compare it to like why not just play it on like a like a higher new game plus. But yeah, if you just want to get into the game and start like, uh, just have that immediate difficulty without having to put in like eighty hours into a file, it's pretty cool. So do you still but, enjoy um, going back to original Dark Souls even though you yes. have like Dark Souls three? Oh yeah, they're um. Uh, well, they're really different kind of games. It's having the different, um, that's a nod, uh, really like comparison to make. Like I wouldn't really, um, they're, they're both two single player games. They're both two different, completely different journeys to go through. So I, I wouldn't pick three over one just because it's a more polished game. In a lot of ways, uh, I like the level design of one more. I like this, the bosses and the story of one more. And, um, yeah, going back to that and having this new mod for it kind of makes the replayability better. Okay. But um, I, I what sucks is that I don't think they could ever do something like that for Dark Souls Three because there are no red phantoms in that game. So I'm not sure what they could do for that. But um, but what not you're saying is Dark like Souls was not challenging enough for you anymore, so you have to mod <laughs> not it anymore to be even more challenging. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> like I, I get so mad when I talk to people and they're like, Dark Souls isn't even hard once you know what to do. I'm like, all right, let's let's challenge that. I know this game inside and out, top to bottom. I know every little bit about it, and it's still kicking my ass. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, that's all I played. Speaking of, uh, nah, oh, I was thinking we were going into the news, but we actually have some website <laughs> news to go into. I was gonna say you <laughs> yeah. uh, you could have you could have saved your if you if you're really trying to master oh, the segue, man. you could have saved your Outlast tease. To go right into what's going on in KB Mod, but uh, we'll first segue of the night just butchered. <laughs> we'll have to uh, we'll have Damn. to refine that one for next time. But mm-hmm. uh, why don't you tell us what's going on in KB Mod this week, KD? Yeah, so we've got a new review in addition uh, to the Outlast Two video. Um, so our resident, our good friend Tim Stefanoob, did a review of a game called Shock Tactics, which I have not heard of. Uh, looks like a Kind of an XCOM vibe to it. Did you want to take this, Brad? I saw you added in. I don't know if you know more about this. Uh, just basically, he reviewed it. Uh, you you have it. You're right on the money there. It's basically, um, you know, in the same place as like the XCOM series. Like if you play XCOM, mm-hmm. you might be interested in this. Um, I was watching a little video of this. It seemed blatantly the same system on just about everything. Um, yeah. But he gave it. Quite an interesting um, score. I would. I was going to say I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to like spoil the review here, but <laughs> yeah. you should go to kbmod.com and read it 
read into it before you uh, think about purchasing uh, shock oh, yeah. So I, I want to give one quote from this just to kind of give you an appetizer. The combat in Shock Tactics showed off some of the most bizarre moments I have ever seen in a video game. And I don't mean this <laughs> in a good way. So that's, <laughs> that's already pretty This pretty review is actually pretty interesting because like the screenshots don't the screenshots do not look like something that would be worthy of the the rating he gave it. Yeah. It looks but, like a half decent game, just at face value. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. Yeah, you should check that out on the website uh, if you're if you're thinking about getting Shock Tactics, or if you just want to be entertained and weren't ever thinking <laughs> about getting this game. <laughs> Damn. All right, uh, and that's all we've got this week. But like Katie mentioned, uh, he'll have an Outlast uh, video going up uh, this week, so we will, I guess, talk about that one on next cast. Oh, I gotta uh, be once, silent. It's killing me. Once, uh, once KD is allowed to talk about it, but uh, yes. we're gonna roll right into the news here. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of a game that tries uh, tried into tried and true uh, tactics and design, uh, Call of Duty <laughs> is uh, jumping back a decade with its newest release. Trying back it's a trying. decade, only yeah. a decade. Oh, yeah. you, oh! You mean a decade in release, like release time, like a decade? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's more than a. They're going back <laughs> yeah, more, than, more a than a decade, decades, yeah. but they're going back to like, <laughs> like the mid two thousands. Oh my god! It's just Modern Warfare remastered too. Uh yeah. So uh, I think we talked about this being sort of a rumor based on some leaks, but it's now official. Uh, Call of Duty World War Two, or it's actually literally, it looks like the name of the game from what I can tell is Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. W-W-I-I. So it's like, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty uninspired title. What a fucking uh, terrible title. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but it looks we, like I'd rather it be called just Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, I mean, we keep, we, we keep talking about this, but like at some point I really do think they just have to call it Call of Duty. And it seems like this would have mm-hmm. been the, the chance to take, but uh, instead they went with Call of Duty W-W-I-I. And uh, it looks like they are going to have a a worldwide reveal live stream on uh, April 26th. Yeah, they're announcing the announcement. I yeah, people, ooh, they're pulling a Dark Souls three. Yeah, um, but there is uh, th- there were apparently some leaks uh, regarding a few things. I guess some marketing materials got leaked, and um, I guess I'm trying to see what uh, what were these leaks even. Um, I think they were going to, I think the biggest things was there's a co-op mode. Uh, there will be a beta for the game. I don't know if that's just for the multiplayer. Um, but yeah, of course there will be a quote private beta for those who pre-order. Um, yeah, and I guess the, uh, the release date, which I don't, I don't think anyone was, I mean, it's Friday, apparently Friday, November 3rd, 2017. I feel like these games always release like early November. So I don't know that that yeah, really surprises I mean, anyone. If if you guys don't know, so basically the studio or not the publisher Activision has like three different studios working on Call of Duty games for three years, and each each studio under Activision comes out with new Call of Duty every year. So uh, Sledgehammer has this one. I don't know who's next, but um, it'll be a different studio next year, and then it'll be a different studio next year, the year after that, and then it'll be back to Sledgehammer. Um, 
Well, we'll yeah. see. Um, I mean, I guess we don't really know anything. I actually, I actually thought that they uh, that they had more information, but this is uh, pretty bland stuff. So I guess we'll know more once uh, once that reveal live stream happens. But well, I'm just curious. So, Brandon, did you play the old school Call of Duty? So I'm guessing yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I, this... I, I really I enjoyed the early Call of Duties, but I feel like those games they they were they took place in such a different like time in PC gaming history. Like mm-hmm. Call of Duty One was. Uh, I remember that stealing people away from Medal of Honor Allied Assault. And like Call right. of Duty at the time was a brand new franchise. And so, I, I mean, that's really the last... I guess they did World War II time frame in several different games, but um, like that World War II time setting does not... Like is not uh, something that I think people associate with current day Call of Duty because they've been away from that setting for so long. Yeah, I, but you know, see, I, I was going to say this right before I cut out mysteriously, but um, it always goes Sledgehammer, Treyarch, Infinity Ward. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, Treyarch is going to be next. I don't think we'll see Black Ops 4, though. Um, but, you know, I I have faith in Sledgehammer because they, they made Advanced Warfare, which a lot of people, it gets a lot of negative um, uh, what am I trying to say? feedback, I guess. A lot of people didn't like that one, but the thing they did the most, that was around the time when it was the first Call of Duty to do uh, d- switched up movement. Like, it added in, you know, the jetpacks and the boost jumping and everything, and um, completely turned it on its head. And for the time, that was, like, a really radical, like, step forward for the series. Like, that's what people were wanting, like, for a long time is some change. And so when you ta- when you put a similar kind of assignment on them in bringing the series back to its roots... I think they're going to do the most successful job of the three, in my opinion. But, do you think? Do you think that it's? I mean, it is such a different game, though. If you're trying to do a World War II setting compared to mm-hmm. the, like the movement in Advanced Warfare, do you think that they're going to have a tougher time because like the game is going to have to be so different from the game they've made before? Uh, I think. Well, let's look. You know, purely single player. You know, in uh, Advanced Warfare, a, a large majority of those levels didn't have any of the boost jumping. It was all designed very, like, boots on the ground. And it had a pretty, like, I, I actually really dig the single player for that one. And the multiplayer in that one, um, I mean, this is kind of pr- not going to be, probably a lot A lot of people won't find it really indicative of how, it, it's like, the quality of it will be. But when I played Advanced Warfare on, like, a boots on the ground playlist that took out all the boost jumping, I enjoyed it far more than that taken out, so I'm not sure if that'll really translate well. But I think the the jump between Call of Duty with th- like it like big 3D movement and not big 3D movement shouldn't be too tough of an assignment, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll we'll be see. interested to see how they make uh, how they make World War II feel different from all the their old games, you know, because like. <laughs> Obviously, the uh, the guns and everything are going to have to be similar, right? World War II, it's like you have the mm-hmm. MP40, you have the Thompson, you know, you've got, like, I'm not sure. At some point, I'm not sure how you inject more originality into that setting because it's like everyone knows, everyone knows the theater, uh, everyone knows the guns. 
So how do you make a new Call of Duty that feels very different from the old Call of Duties? Zombie. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I mean, everyone knows that they did have uh, Nazi zombies in World War II. Uh, That's actually... You don't, they don't teach you that. Fact. They don't teach you that in history class, but uh, that's part of the conspiracy. But you know what I'm <laughs> saying, though, right? It's like I feel like with they've been able to take a lot of uh, a lot more like artistic freedom with the current and uh, and like near future mm-hmm. um, time frames. But with World War II, it's like what do you what do you add? What do you change um, to make it interesting today compared to your old games? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, I, I think they'll they'll find a way to. Uh, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I think it is definitely possible to like either. I mean, I guess like game modes, game modes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, game modes, or maybe not just like um, they. I mean, Battlefield One. A lot of times uh, for that game, like people were thinking the same thing, and then they kind of ditched. Uh, if they they didn't ver- go for really strict accuracy in Battlefield yeah. One. So they could kind of pull that in. Uh, oh my god, I was about to. I was just. That was my first time in life referring to this as Call of Duty World War II, and it's gross. I I got <laughs> shook in there for a moment. Uh, but no, but I, I mean ba- Battlefield One also like. I think Battlefield could have the same problem if they tried to do World War II again, but they did World War One, mm. and so like the weapons are kind of different. I feel like people aren't people aren't intimately okay. familiar with World War One. But World War II is like, even if you're not a history buff, I feel like you probably, if you've played shooters, you probably recognize uh, words like Thompson and like Carrington and other, you just like other either maps or guns or whatever that you you just associate with World War II. Um, You're right. I mean, World War II shooter is a shooter that's been so like, it's been taken by so many different games, so... Yeah, it's been done so many times, and the thing is that Call of Duty has literally done that setting before. So mm-hmm. this is, I mean, even though other games have done that setting, there there is no. I, I'm trying to think. I can't think of another game that has like the 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 tenure that Call of Duty does, right? Where it's like many many games now, where they mm-hmm. end up going back to that same time setting, but they have to make a completely new and fresh game. So I'm. I mean, I'm. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't more interested in this than I was in their previous few games because, like, I think World War II is a more interesting time period than the you know current and near future stuff they've done recently. Yes, uh, but I'm like I'm not going to pre-order it. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I, I think no. it's like we're at the point now with Call of Duty where I don't I don't necessarily trust that they will uh, that they will create something really awesome and original here. Um, but I hope they do. You know. Uh, you won't pre-order uh, even if they bundle uh, World at War remaster. Oh my god! I don't, that is I mean, one thing. That, oh, I didn't even play that much uh, World at War. Like I'm not. I don't have this strong affinity for World at War. If they put, if excuse oh, me, man. if they put in World at War remastered, <laughs> that would just be. I think I would laugh. Like, do that many <laughs> people hilarious. have like strong feelings about World at War? They really do. There's a lot of zombie, zombie really zombies. Oh, players. zombies players. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, maybe we've just been talking to different people, but I know a lot of people who are really like. I mean, I the, well, the, the I could see, I could see it being being uh, sort of a part of who you gamed with. Like, I was playing with people that weren't like my my group of, of gaming right. friends did not play World at War heavily, 
but I could see where World at War, like if you had friends that played it, then that could have been a, you know, you mm-hmm. could have had feelings like that game the same way that a lot of people feel about Call of Duty 4, which I did play heavily and, and you know, I played Modern Warfare 2 quite a bit. But World at War just like didn't, my, my, my group wasn't really playing that game much, so I didn't ever, I didn't put many hours into that game. Gotcha. I'm just I'm just waiting for EA to you know uh, revive that Medal of Honor, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, yeah, after Warfighter, that that franchise is practically dead. But yeah, I don't even know what the Medal of Honor franchise means in this day and age. It's in a dark place right now. Like Medal of Honor for 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 all of its flaws, I feel like Call of Duty. At least uh, you know you always know what you're getting. Like, it's going to be this fast-paced, frantic gameplay, regardless of the mm-hmm. setting. I feel like Medal of Honor, between the older, the old games, like Allied Assault, which is, like, in my, you know, in my top ten games of all time, one of my favorite shooters right. of all time, uh, mm-hmm. compared to their new, you know, the newer entrants into the Medal of Honor franchise that are, like, unrecognizable compared to that old game, at least in my opinion. Um. So I think, yeah, I don't Medal of Honor. Like, what does that even mean in this day and age? Well, we haven't had one for five plus years at this point. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say too. The one thing, the one thing I'm worried the most of about Call of Duty World War II <laughs> about this game <laughs> is fucking Activision. I know they're gonna come up with a new way to dick us over, like they have the past three games with, uh, you know. Completely DLC and DLC supply drop weapons, completely ruining like the the ecosystem of the game. Uh, Advanced warfare, like completely betraying the style of that game, adding in the fucking gingerbread man suits and shit <laughs> like that. I, I they're here's the thing: they're gonna come out and say that they're not doing shit, and then they're gonna go around and do it. Like they said, you know, Call of Duty Four wouldn't have any supply drops. Boom, they added supply drops. Oh, they're gonna be purely cosmetic. Boom, they added in brand new guns. I think I that's don't trust. A- that's oh. that's maybe also um, something I was thinking in the back of my mind when I was talking earlier about the setting, like the World War II setting. Like, mm-hmm. can I feel like you can't necessarily get away with the crazy cosmetic stuff in a World War II setting. Like, are you gonna let people put weed leaves on their guns? I mean, I can't have a golden setting? AK. No, but I don't even what? mean I don't even mean like golden. I mean like full out customization because of the like the historical sort of reverence people have for World War II. Like, can you release a game that is going to allow people to do stupid customization stuff and and sort of like, I don't know. I'm, do you see what I'm getting at? That like, it yeah, was sort no, of a I serious yeah. time period where it's different. I feel like it's different than creating a game that's in present day or near future where like that stuff is, I, I think, not as heavy because it's not like actual real stuff that happened in history. I don't know. Like, I maybe... I'm 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 curious to see what they will do with that because I feel like World War II maybe you got to be slightly more sensitive with like the crazy customization and stuff that you allow. Thoughts? Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> I was lost in thought there. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we, just, we will. Uh, what, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just going to be a lot of, for Activision to step back from the model that they previously put in for such a serious game yeah yeah i think i think it could be tough for them to like to do world war to do the world war ii setting justice and like give that sense of immersion if people have you know weed leaves and stuff on their guns and Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm curious about 
but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they did it. I mean, they they're they're in it to make money, and cosmetics make money. So um, I would loathe that. <laughs> I I don't think you'd be alone, right? I think people I think people do look at games uh, in like a World War II setting or World War One setting differently than they would something present day. That's sort mm-hmm. of like not a real conflict that happened. Yeah, it doesn't feel. There's been the thing of the most about the past, the most recent, I think, like two or three Call of Duty games is that they just haven't been as sophisticated as a setting like World War II. And I feel like one month, two months after the game comes out, Activision's just like, okay, well, uh, they've let them let them just have their fun now. Give them the bacon. Well, and I think that's lead. that's also something I feel like has changed over time with the Call of Duty series. Is the first, I feel like the first Call of Duty uh, games in the franchise did have a much more serious tone like mm-hmm. they were because because Medal of Honor Allied Assault had a fairly serious tone um and then like Call of Duty it you know it's not like it was realistic but it was i don't know it you know it it didn't it didn't it wasn't the game that didn't take itself seriously which i feel like Call of Duty kind of is now with all the like you know with the different like zombie modes with all the customization i feel like you know Call of Duty is is almost like uh a parody of itself sometimes but uh if it's going to return back to our world war ii setting does it try and go a little more serious than it has before um and and i don't know I, i'm not sure if they i'm not sure if they can sort of stop that uh that momentum that they've started um you know and kept over the past few games um yeah but anyway we will learn more about that uh i guess on this live stream uh here on uh on Wednesday, I think Wednesday, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. So we may have more to talk about next week uh, if they announce anything of substance, or um, you know, the game is only, I guess, about six months away from actually releasing. So I'm sure we'll we'll know more mm-hmm. before too long. But uh, moving on to non Call of Duty related news, uh, we were going to talk about uh, some Twitch news. Uh, you guys uh, added in here. I did not. I did not add this in, but I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, Twitch announced a new uh, affiliate program for uh, non-partnered streamers to be able to uh, make money on the Twitch platform, which is pretty neat. Right. So it sounds like um, basically there's a couple different things that Twitch is offering, which is. Um, Basically, people can support streamers whether or not they're partnered uh, with Bits, which is their basically a built-in donation system that Twitch has, has uh, provided to their users. It's a virtual um, good, but uh, continue. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know what this means, the subscription coming soon for Twitch affiliate. Um, uh it looks like they'll also be able to make money off of game sales and then ad revenue as well. So when you go to a stream and if you're kind enough to not have an ad blocker um, and you watch a ad that will go to that affiliate that you're about to watch. Um, priority access to transcoding. Um, and then, you know, just some default options for um what looks to be uh, like uh, payouts, you know, if you're making money, uh, you will get paid, but just in a different time frame than like you would in a partner. 
Um, so it's it's just a different tier between uh, a normal user and a Twitch partner. And it sounds like it's going to be available to a much larger user base. Um, uh, you need at least 500 minutes of broadcasting in the last 30 days. Oh, I have to broadcast 16 minutes a day. <laughs> oh my God. It's not for me. Seven unique broadcasts in the last 30 days, an average of three concurrent viewers or more, and then at least 50 followers, which um, I'm curious to see how many, how many, like what the average is for like not partnered uh, users um, for follower counts. I'm just curious. Like I'm just, I have no idea what that stat is. Um, Hmm. Well, I yeah, think I this think... Uh, basically these these criteria are are sort of to make basically they're not it's not a very high bar I think for anyone who is streaming no, consistently, um, and so this is it, it's sort of like there are tons of people who use Twitch who have zero followers right but those people aren't necessarily yeah. broadcasting they're not necessarily they're followers you know, people on a chat you know exactly so um, I think this will be. The, the the idea behind the criteria for affiliates is is that it's not it's not supposed to be a very high bar. It's basically just if you're dedicated to it, then you'll be able to be an affiliate. Right. Um, cool. There's also some interesting new things coming to the partnership program. By the sounds of it, um, like a verified Twitch badge, kind of like what Twitter has, if I'm not mistaken. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon. Um, and I don't know exactly what's new here, um, but oh, Twitch partners can keep the amount of emotes that they've unlocked instead of it reverting if they lose the subs they've gained. Um, is that correct, Brandon? Uh, yeah. Yes. So we actually uh, it was not part of this announcement, but there was a separate announcement uh, where we launched uh, or we are launching uh, higher higher tiers for subscriptions. Uh, so nine ninety nine price right. point and a twenty four ninety nine price point, and uh, and there's some changes involved there as well, uh, which you were alluding to, uh, where partners will be able to unlock emote slots permanently, uh, as opposed to the current system, uh, which was based on uh, current subscriber count. So um, so quite a few changes, uh, some involved with affiliates, some involved with that uh, that separate launch, but uh, but yeah, lots of lots of neat Twitch news uh, out recently. Yeah, I just think um, it's pretty interesting. As somebody that's not directly affiliated with Twitch, and just kind of like what you could be, you could become an affiliate, and then you would be affiliated. (laughs) That's that's correct. Um, uh, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, I would like to see some uh, different ways, you know, uh, to find and explore new streamers. More of that. like the random functionality isn't quite doing it for me. I think um, uh, I like that people are able to make money, but I also don't want people to stream for the wrong reasons, um, which I think anybody's worried about, but um, that's just my perspective. Um, But this is really cool. As somebody that used to stream, um, you know, I would get some viewers and I think this would be really fun. um, Even if it got me enough for a pint or something. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's definitely the idea behind it. Is that you know there are a lot of people who stream for fun, um, but there should be a middle ground uh, between just streaming for fun, you know, not being able to make any money, 
and uh, being a partner, you know, which requires a lot of dedication. Um, oh, a huge you know, amount. And, and so someone someone that has like a full time job uh, and just streams for fun, you know, a few nights a week or something. Uh, I think this is a this is a great fit for someone like that, where you can maybe make a little bit of money, and like you're saying, you know, maybe maybe get a drink or pay for a game or something. Um, and it's not not necessarily going to be like life changing. You're not going to become a full time streamer, um, but that may not like that may not be your goal. You know, it may just be to have fun and make a little money on the side. Cool. It's pretty good for Twitch too. How it um it kind of encourages more use of bits by putting it through there. It's yeah. Pretty smart. Well, I mean, the, this channel, twitch.tv slash kvmod, we accept bits here. So you could uh, you could use them yes, if you come do. and watch the podcast live. Uh, I mean, I, look, I'm happy for you to go use it at uh, on some other channel, on some affiliate channel that you're friends with, but uh, you could also use them on our channel. And uh, and we would like that as well. Um, All right. Um, so speaking of shilling, um, <laughs> you're... Uh, if you're playing Dota, I just want an excuse to talk about brand shilling. I, I have no tie. I was going to say, how, do, how does that uh, how does that play into Dota two? Oh, KD is gone, <laughs> having connection issues. Uh, well, anyway, we're going to wow. move into talking move about into shilling, and then Brandon just bans him from Twitch servers. <laughs> uh, that I mean, yeah, I hope I hope he can come back. But uh, we're going to move into the quick hits here, real quick, uh, and. This first one is, uh, there's a change coming to Dota 2 where Dota 2 is going to require a phone number for ranked matches, um, which I think is, uh, is actually pretty smart. Um, I imagine some people will probably have an issue with this um, for you know, privacy reasons and all sorts of other, other concerns I could see. But uh, it's basically, they're implementing this to curb uh, smurfing accounts. And... Uh, and it makes sense, uh, I think, because it's it's obviously pretty easy to get. Um, it's pretty easy to create a new account uh, on Steam. Dota Two is a free game, so it's it's pretty easy to just create accounts, you know. And and all of a sudden, you play on a new account um, that's not usually known as Smurfing, and a lot of high level players will do that uh, because when you start on a new account, you play against worse people, so um, you get easier matches. Uh, and if you're a really good player, you can just stomp on you know newer players uh, because you're not in the right skill bracket. So uh, if you if you force people there's to enter a, a phone there's number, a lot of, there's a lot of abuse too. I mean, people are doing smurfing to like get get people to higher ranks, stuff like that. Um, and I think I think by forcing, I think you're about to go into this, but by forcing people to put in their phone number, you know, kind of like that one phone number is associated with your account forever. So like if you created a different one, you can re-enter your phone number and get right into ranked. Right? Yeah. So. And also um, it's, it's a lot harder to get another phone number if you did want to smurf um, because the, uh, they typically services like this will block, you know, Google, uh, Google voice numbers and things like that. So uh getting like actually going to a phone company and getting a, a valid phone number like that's that's a pretty high bar like you'd have to get a separate mobile plan and stuff and pay money for it um so it's a pretty good deterrent for people creating new accounts you know and, and abusing this so i'm i'm i think i'll be interested to see how it plays out if it actually helps the problem that they're trying to solve um because i imagine like if you are determined enough you can definitely get around the system um 
but I think it's probably just a high enough bar that most people won't bother. Yeah, I could just use my dad's account and then my mom's and then uh Yeah, like, exactly. But like that's the thing, is at some point you will you will run out of phone numbers pretty quickly, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you may have access to like three or four, but I imagine the this abuse problem they're looking to tackle is probably people doing this all the time, you know, like they probably created dozens of accounts just for smurfing. I mean it just ran through my head that if like rested this and I couldn't be toxic in chat anymore, <laughs> bet your ass I would not be toxic in oh. chat anymore. Cause I would, I would not be willing to, you know, uh, risk being banned and then not be able to play again, for instance, you know? So, yeah. Um, and, and some, some people bring it up in chat that, you know, it's like $10 for a SIM card and yeah, that's true. But I mean, I think you would have to be very dedicated uh, to do that. If you want to find a way around the system, you'll be able to, but it, I think it is a high enough bar that most people are not going to go through the trouble of like loading up on SIM cards and swapping SIM cards out on their phone just to verify the phone number. Yeah. You know, like I mean, that is, that is an incredible amount of work just for like, just for this one thing. I mean, we were even talking about it in precast about something where, uh, this is kind of off topic, but, uh, how you can opt out of like, credit card offers you get nationwide. But Brandon was saying that he did the five-year option that was only online compared to the lifetime opt-out option that you had to mail in something for. Mm-hmm. Like just because the fact that you would have to go out of your way off your computer <laughs> and get a stamp or mail something in an envelope. I mean, theoretically, yes, you know, I could go get a SIM card. Uh, just anybody could and swap it out on my phone. But realistically, are many people going to? No. Yeah, I think it's about finding that right balance of it's like just enough friction that most people won't do it. And the people that do get around it, like you can eventually add more mechanisms in place. Uh, But I think this is like a, this is a pretty easy thing to add that creates, uh, it makes it, it makes it just a slight bit harder to create new accounts that, that Valve can't recognize as also still being you. Yeah. Uh, so cool. next, I was trying to think of a good segue, but I don't. I don't think I have one here. Uh, <laughs> but this is this is universally good news. Uh, the original StarCraft is now free. Um, so I think we talked about this um, in a past podcast when uh, StarCraft, the like StarCraft Remastered, was announced, and we knew they were going to make StarCraft free. Uh, but they've actually they've gone ahead and done it. Uh, so they there is a patch, and it is now live for Windows and Mac, and you can get StarCraft, uh, the original StarCraft, for completely free. So that's pretty cool. Uh, if you haven't played StarCraft, um, I guess I would probably recommend, if you haven't played StarCraft, I feel like StarCraft Remastered will probably be the way you should play it. Is mm-hmm. that like, it's, I mean, the story and everything is going to be the same, but you're going to have better graphics and all that. Um, but if you don't want to shell out any money for it, uh, the original StarCraft is like just an excellent game. Um, so it's now free, and I guess you probably have to download the Blizzard app. Uh, you can just get it there. But uh, Yeah, actually, you have to go through the site. It's not through the Blizzard launcher, because uh, I did it myself. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's like an EXE that you have to download, but... Um, Huh, Not that okay. it's huge or anything being the original StarCraft, even remastered, but 
Um, I really, I like, I wish that, uh, I wish that more companies would do this sort of thing. Like, because you look at, you look at what they're doing with Starcraft and they're creating a remastered version, but then they're putting out the original for free, which I think, I guess this, this could kind of get off topic, but I think the issue of like game preservation and stuff is, is this massive looming issue because most, most games being created these days have either like online checks or some, some sort of component where there's no guarantee that those games will even work or, or function at all. Um, say 10, 10 or 20 years from now, and they'll just be lost to the annals of time. Um, but I feel like if the publisher puts like a small amount of effort, or I don't know, I, w- I don't want to say small amount of effort, but puts effort toward uh, you know releasing classic games for free or for some officially supported way, but I feel like free is like the nice thing to do. Like put StarCraft out for free and then charge money for the remastered version that you put more effort into, um, but like StarCraft, StarCraft should be around for decades, right? Like you should, you should be able to fire up StarCraft on your computer, you know, when you have children and show them like, this is, this is like a classic game. This was a, this was a game <laughs> that I enjoyed when I was a kid. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of games don't, you know, they don't have that. You're not necessarily going to be able to play uh, some games from current day because they have these online checks and stuff and like no the the dev- the developer team doesn't focus on like creating some way that the game can be played after it's you know exhausted no, there's a lot of games life. that have basically been lost to time essentially it's just like it's, it's gone <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean yeah i mean just server costs and stuff just basically get too expensive for some companies and and they just stop supporting games and then you can never play them again. So I relive those moments and and some of that money that goes to maintaining servers and things like that also go into like making sure the game is up to date so you can, you can play uh something on Windows 10 or whatever. Yeah. Else. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's uh it it kind of sucks when you have like when you have to resort to kind of the gray market or torrents and stuff to like to play a classic game where someone you know from the community or whatever has has made a crack or something where they they get around some check. You, somebody launches a VM, a virtual machine to you know get the original Diablo going or something. So yeah, <laughs> like I, I think it's I would just love to see I would love to see more um, games have kind of this. Um, this sort of release where like you do a remaster, but then you put out the original for free. Um, Cause I think it's just such a good way to garner goodwill um, from your customers. And it's also, I think just like the right thing to do. Um, if you do consider your games to be pieces of art, like wouldn't you want society to be able to enjoy those, you know, long after long after those projects are over, it just seems, it seems like the smart thing to do like the thing to do to better society in my opinion. Right. Um but so you can play that uh, and the remaster is coming if you want to play that instead. Uh so you but you'll have to pay for that. That's not free. I wonder if this could hurt sales of the remaster. If people were thinking about the remaster and then they try the original game out and then they realize it's not for them. I mean possibly, I, but like I tried the uh I downloaded the original and it was 
it was brutal to the point where I almost bought the remastered because it was like <laughs> I'm just such a graphic snob anymore that I almost uh, felt I mean like I think you, I think you KD you should download the StarCraft you should download StarCraft and just play it because like oh, the graphics no. are pretty old <laughs> You know, in that regard, it might actually boost sales of people who play it. Like, oh, this is nuts. I have to have the remastered version. Yeah. I, I think, mean, it I was think stuck it in 4x3, do... for instance. It was like, oh my God, I got these black bars. When this is ridiculous. Oh, God. I think oh, I don't do... know if I want to put up with that. I think it'll do a lot for the excitement around StarCraft in general. Like, I think that's that's why it's such a good move because it may mean that someone who never played StarCraft downloads it and tries it. And then if they enjoy it, they're like, oh, but wouldn't this be so much better with like better textures? You know, like this would actually, I could, I could use my nice 4K monitor or whatever um, and play the same game, but play it at, at a you know, resolution that's, uh, that's not a decade plus old. I'd be curious to see if uh, uh, Blizzard tries to do like launch the competitive scene, like kind of put more effort into the original starcraft remastered because i feel like that's what i'm interested in seeing too because i feel like um this just kind of updates the game i mean like really there's still people out there still playing the original starcraft because they oh i mean like brood war is brood war is a staple still in korea uh like a lot of people still play brood war competitively so i i i am also interested in that too because i i could see them trying to kind of revitalize starcraft esports Right. Sort of by going backward and going to the original that a lot of people have reverence for. I mean, if we just look at games like completely different genre, but like Smash Bros is still wildly successful. Not even the Wii U. Uh, I I don't even remember the name, but like Melee, for instance, is just uh, so popular still. You know, it's it's unreal. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And I and that same effect is happening overseas with the original StarCraft. And I just can't imagine that uh, this would be ignored basically in the competitive scene. You know, Blizzard knows they have something here. And I think with remastered, we're going to be seeing a lot more. I think that the, Uh, the competitive scene that still exists for that game de facto moves over to the remaster because it's like, why mm -hmm. wouldn't you, right? It's the same game. It's the same core gameplay, but the graphics are updated it's just so a little like, polish. It's a yeah. more pleasurable spectator experience. Like it just, I see no reason why you would continue playing the old game if you can move to the new game and like the the core is still there. But it's just it's like built for modern computers. You know, like it just seems it just seems like it makes sense. So I will be curious to see if they have some sort of esports strategy around StarCraft Remastered and trying to kind of bring back Brood War in the competitive scene, like in the West the way that it still is relevant in Korea. Right. Uh, well, moving from things that are free to things that will cost you money, uh, but are new. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, AMD, All right. Well, actually, this oh, there was a better segue opportunity there because this is like uh, StarCraft Remastered is sort of like what's old is new again, and I get that same feeling from these AMD video cards. Ooh, the 500 series... One. The 500 series are available now, so RX 580 and RX 570. But as we were talking about a little bit uh, before the cast, Brad, these are basically tweaked versions of the 400 series. No, and that's exactly what they are. Um, They're they're basically 
you know, AMD looked at these and was like, okay, we're, we looked at it and we're able to see that in our manufacturing process, we can push it a little bit faster right out of the box. So what they've done is, if I recall correctly, and chat might correct me here, but the 500 series is a little bit cheaper, I think. And then, um, and a little bit faster than 400 series. Uh, the architecture is the same. Um, you're, everybody's just getting the speed bump at this point. Um, you know, for cards that are like 200 bucks, like it's pretty, these, these are decent cards. I mean, um, you know, if you're spending more than that, you know, the, you're still going to want to go team green here. Um, but I think if you're looking for strictly a budget build, uh, these are great for you. I think, um, it's, it's pretty interesting too, just because these are the same cards. Um, in the same architecture, uh, people have actually been flashing the BIOS on their RX 400 cards into the 500 series cards and actually getting better uh, clock speeds, which is pretty interesting. But oh, That's really weird to me. Yeah, so um, I've heard of this before. Um, basically, manufacturers have shipped like a bunch of cards and they've flashed like a different BIOS on it to like unlock more memory or something like that. But basically from what I've read online, uh, flashing the 500 series BIOS onto the 400 series cards are basically upping the voltage, which I don't know if that's something <laughs> you want, but because AMD, as we all know, have, have had this tendency to run just a little bit hot. Uh, they've been a little better with this, with this architecture at least, but, um, uh, <laughs> you know, some people are getting getting more clock speed uh, out of their cards, and it's kind of a win-win for everybody. I'm not sure if AMD appreciates this, of course, but because uh, it's it's cutting into their sales. Obviously, it's like uh, yeah, but I mean, if you're, I feel like the number of people who are willing to flash their video card BIOS to a different like a different generation, mm-hmm. probably not very many people. Like even technically inclined people, I think that feels pretty risky. Um, so I, I don't know that's going to cut in their sales too much. But anything for like what's best for my buck, dude. I'm just saying. That's true, but I I guess uh, I'm just skeptical that there's actually that much more performance to get out of it. Like you can, regardless of what what the uh, your drivers think your card is, like you're still operating on clock speed and voltage and other objective values. So I'm, I guess I'd be skeptical that you couldn't also just get there by changing the overclock settings on your, you know, your RX 480 or whatever. Um, But that's why it feels, that feels really risky to me is because if you flash it to the next gen, like, is that just going to increase your default voltage? Like you, you, you won't necessarily know what's changing and uh, I don't know. That just sounds like a good recipe for frying a video card. Yeah, I'd be curious to see um, like these screenshots too. Like, there's a um, this guy's temperatures. It's like eighty eighty Celsius or something. Which, like, I can't imagine. Like, at least my Pascal card going going into the seventies. Like at this point, like I even at full load, you know, I'm still I'm still still relatively cool and i have i have a light overclock on mine but uh 
Um, but hey, I mean, if you're looking to save some money, um, it sounds like you can buy an RX 480 and flash it to be a 580 and get a little extra overclock. But of course, like everything else when modding your computer, um, there is a risk involved and we're not responsible for <laughs> your yeah. fuck-ups. Yeah, definitely. I imagine um, if you're if you're even thinking about this, uh, I hope you are technically inclined enough to know the risks of what you're doing. Um, but I mean, it seems like this is, I don't know that this is something to get super excited about necessarily, but it does sound like this is pretty much just replacing the 400 series, uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, with better cards at the same or lower price points. So that's, that sounds like a great thing. Um, it's just that I don't know that that's really that exciting. Like for, for something where they're iterating the series number, right? They've moved from four to five. Um, this doesn't feel that exciting to me. And uh, the, like on their, their little comparison graph, the official one from AMD, they're, like, they're comparing 500 cards to 300 series cards. Like, this, like R9, the, three, yeah, it says X, it says like the RX 580, and it says up to 1.5 times the higher performance versus the R9 380X in Battlefield One. And <laughs> when I read that, I'm like, okay, but that's two series ago. Like you're comparing it to <laughs> to a card that is not like that's not your current series. What is it compared to your current series? And the only reason generally that you would compare it to two series ago is because the jump from the current series is not impressive enough to put on a marketing slide. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's not, not super exciting, but I mean, I, you know, I guess it is nice to see AMD uh, continuing to, you know, I guess slowly kind of push the envelope there. Um, but I would like to see, you know, we saw them with Ryzen uh, start to maybe finally compete with Intel um, in a legitimate fashion in the CPU market, I would just, I would love to see if, I would love to see them have something up their sleeve that actually punches NVIDIA in the mouth at some point. Um, but we're just, I just don't think. Which we might yet. see with uh, Vega, but. Yeah, I, I hope so. But it's just this, this is not that, right? This is like, <laughs> this is pretty, pretty underwhelming. Um, it just means that like, if you were planning to buy an AMD card. Uh, you have like, and you have like 500 bucks to spend. This might yeah. be your thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you were planning to buy a 480, now you're going to buy a 580, right? Like it's a, it's just, it's a better buy. Um, right. but it's not, it's not going to change your life over, uh, over the 400 series card. And I think that, I guess that's what I'm getting at is like, when I say underwhelming, I mean, if you have an RX 480, you're not like, you're not going to upgrade. Oh, you're not. It's an upgrade. No, not at all. So, yeah. so hopefully we'll have more interesting news at AMD, um, at some point later in the year, but, uh, Sounds like this is pretty pretty minor stuff in the grand scheme of things. Um, but you know what's not minor? The new release for this week. Um, oh, I had a segue too, but I guess you? that works. Did you? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Let's, we'll back up. Let's test your segue. It looks like AMD's got a, a few exciting cards hitting the market, and they're pretty powerful. For these new releases this week, you're getting... <laughs> no, I fucked it up. Wow. Hold on. You had one chance. I was so into the excitement, I didn't get the <laughs> one. Whatever. New releases this week. Let's get into it. Uh, we've got a lot of good stuff this week. Last time I tried to do a segue, my internet crashed. So I'm going to just go along into it. Uh, but yeah, starting off, uh, the first game is called What Remains of Edith, Edith Finch. 
It's a first-person like adventure indie exploration game. It's by the same people that made uh, the Unfinished Swan, which was on uh, PS4, PS3. It was that game where everything was white and you only had black paint. You had to like feel your way through the world. Had a pretty good story, but looking at this game, it looks really beautiful. The whole idea is you're going through. You're the last person alive of your family, and you're playing through stories of your family members that all pretty much end in their deaths. And it says, ultimately, it's a game about what it feels like to be humbled and astonished by the vast and unknowable world around us. So, yeah, it looks like a beautiful game. And um, I know that this developer knows how to tell a pretty damn good story. So be looking out for that. That comes out April 25th, uh, which is on a Tuesday. A lot of these are on Tuesday. Uh, So look out for that. No price yet. Uh, Next up is a game called Pinstripe which is a debut game from one man, Thomas Brush, who, according to a quote from PC Gamer here, made the entire game, uh, except for the voice acting, all by himself. Did every bit of it by himself. It's already got uh, six rewards from the the SXSW Gaming Awards, IndieCade Awards, Kickstarter. So... It looks pretty promising. It's kind of an atmospheric uh, indie platformer puzzle game. Uh, it's an ex-minister ventures through the frozen depths of hell in search of his kidnapped daughter. So, <clears throat> a pretty interesting premise. So, um, it says it features a hilarious cast of professional voice actors. So I'm not sure if that's what kind of tone they're going for. But uh, yeah, it looks like a promising uh, platformer there. Uh, also, on uh, April 25th, Outlast 2 is finally being released which um uh is looks like it it looks like it will be pretty terrifying it looks like it will be a pretty damn good game he says with no prior knowledge with no prior knowledge of this game i'm just gonna say just going by these screenshots it looks like a pretty damn fantastic sequel just going by screenshots and you know videos it looks like it improves on everything the first game did pretty well but i could be wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um Outlast 2 looks dope. Comes out April 25th. I don't see a price yet on the uh on the Steam page. But um yeah, I'm not sure what the price is. So yeah, last definitely looking for price that. Um let's find out. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, okay. So I'm guessing this will so, probably be twenty bucks, maybe thirty. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, definitely pick that up um, if you if you if you're a fan of the first Outlast. Outlast two looks like it's gonna deliver the looks like it's gonna deliver an equally good experience. But uh, tag psychological so, horror sounds uh, that sounds menacing. Oh my! Mm. If it's anything like the first game, then yes, it is a brutal, very very uncomfortable experience. Like to get like I don't know if you played the whistleblower DLC for Outlast, but that has one of the most fucked up moments of like any game I've ever played. It's like one of the most uncomfortable get me out of here moments in a game that it's just and so Outlast two, more I'm always up for more of that, baby. You know. <laughs> but um so yeah, April twenty fifth for that one. Uh if you're on a console, if you're looking for like a physical release, then um on twenty fifth there's gonna be a three pack being released of Outlast One Two and Whistleblower all on one disc. So keep a look out for that if you wanna give the games a try. Uh but next up is 
a sequel that I really didn't think was um, not what anyone's really asking for. I don't know if you remember Sniper Ghost Warrior 2. It was a pretty old sniping game with n- nothing too you know crazy or impressive. But uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 is being released on uh, April 25th. And uh, I see no price for the game, but I see an option to pre-purchase the season pass. So it's kind of how you can pre-purchase the season pass. Go ahead. Oh, on their on their page, it looks like it's going to be fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Okay. Well, that makes sense. This All right. Looks sim- it looks similar to Sniper Elite. Is that what they're going for? I mean, I would assume so. It looks like um, it's strictly first person. So I think um, just going by quotes in like the review section it looks like you have the option to either go through like sniping or to uh kind of get up close and personal or just go loud uh quote like you're playing an assassin's creed game or open fire like you're playing a call of duty game or but so yeah it might be more focused on going between those three kind of gameplay styles rather than just being strictly about sniping but um in the trailer here one of the shots he takes he shoots someone in the head with a sniper rifle and okay. like blows them back to where they hit a truck and their head like disintegrates. <laughs> <laughs> so Damn. I don't I don't know about points for realism, uh, but it does look like they're they're kinda going after that same sniper elite style of, you know, the kind of the, the crazy body part munching type stuff. Okay, okay. All right, awesome. So yeah, that comes out April twenty fifth. Uh, just a few more here. I'll kind of blaze through these. Uh, I'll blaze like, ooh, that was unintentional. Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Boom. Uh, comes out April 26th. If it, was, if it just released six days earlier, that would have been a truly excellent segue about mm. blazing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this is uh, Blaze Blue is a kind of a hyper anime fighter that's been around for a long time. And this one uh, is actually, this. I think this game came out I think 2015 in arcade cabinets came out on like PS3 in 2016 and uh, finally coming to Steam. So if you want to get in on that, it's not the first Blaze Blue on Steam, but um, it's the newest one if you're into that. It's by Arc System Works. They know how to make a damn good fighting game. And uh, so yeah, it's coming out. Also, this game uh, next up is called De Blob. I don't know if you remember uh, this game. It was a Wii exclusive that came out that was apparently pretty good. I haven't played it, but it's finally coming to Steam. Just in case, uh, uh, in case you don't speak Spanish, that means of blob. Oh, I never thought about it that way. I, I always thought I don't it was like that's what they're going for, but it's, it's a ooh, funny title. That is good though. De blob, de blob. <laughs> huh? Okay. Damn. Now I have so much more appreciation for this. Okay. Spanish is not a supported language in audio, but, um, so yeah, Man, what a mess. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, if you were into that and never gave it a try, you can try it out. Now I find this interesting that this was a Wii exclusive that is on steam. Now, hopefully they do the same for Bayonetta too. Boom. Oh my God. Hmm. All right. Anyways, <laughs> uh, next up, I'm sure the licensing structures are exactly the same for double oh, I- versus Bayonetta. Oh, I- I can only assume they operate <laughs> exactly, you know, in the same kind of way. But um, reminds yeah, me of we'll Portal. See. There's just like there's just like paint all over the floor in this game. Oh yeah, it's. I think um, yeah, the premise is like you're supposed to color the entire city you're going through, just using different kinds of paint. So, huh. that looked yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Splatoon. 
This next game looks fucking dope, and I'm pissed that I didn't get a review copy, but that's uh, that's just my own little personal drama. Uh, little Nightmares comes out uh, April 27th. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have added that. But um, this is a uh, two-dimensional... Well, it's like a 2.5D, uh, sort of like Limbo, uh, really artistic horror game. It's very atmospheric. Um, there's this so like distinct... Oh, it, it really is such a good-looking game. There's this distinct like art style with it that um, I, I'm not really sure like um, what the proper name is for it, but um, just really exaggerated features. Um, you're just this little person in a hood trying to go through this uh, place called the mall where a bunch of corrupted souls are looking for their next meal, as the, <laughs> the Steam page says. But yeah, this game looks awesome. Uh, I, I was reading some early reviews that came out. Uh, apparently it's um, it's really well polished, but it's kind of short, which uh, I mean that's to be expected. So it's it's retails at twenty bucks. So looks like one of those to uh, look out for on a sale, which I'll definitely do. It does but, have a really uh, yeah. cool art style. Oh, absolutely! It's yeah, and I was watching some like PAX gameplay. It's so good. I'm definitely gonna check out some streams for this, but uh, but yeah. So Little Nightmares, April 27th, finally, uh, is a game called Warhammer 40k Dawn of War 3. The next in the, uh, I can only assume, countless amounts of Warhammer 40k games that have come <laughs> out. Uh, but yeah, I, didn't we get one just last month that like looked really cool but got kind of like poorly received? Yeah, I feel like Warhammer 40k games, like they'll just they'll come at you out of nowhere. Um, and I added this one in because I I played Dawn of War back in the day, like the original Dawn of War, and uh, and I haven't played one since. But this one actually, like, it does remind me of original Dawn of War. It's like a real time strategy game, kind of set in the Warhammer 40k universe. Um, so I mean, it looks kind of neat, but uh, it is uh, it is sixty bucks. So um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure if Dawn of War is like has held up. Uh, over the years so um, i'd be curious to see if anyone uh if it gets any traction because it sort of came out of left field uh for me i just found out about it tonight when we were looking at new releases yeah <laughs> you, you turn your back for one second and those 40k <laughs> games just come out of nowhere they really do man that warhammer 40k <laughs> franchise they're they're all over the place i bet yeah i'm looking at the the steam page now just like it looks like just going from some of the in-game footage it looks really well polished. So. Yeah, yeah. I feel like those games, the, the Warhammer 40k games, typically do look like they have a lot of polish, but I, I don't know that any of them has ever really gotten like a ton of acclaim, you know? Mm, I, I don't yeah. know why that is. But uh, that comes so, yeah. out April 27th, 60 bucks. If you're a Warhammer 40k fan, I imagine mm-hmm. that'll be up your alley. Yes, and there it is. Yeah, and then it just has, I see popular user-defined tags. One of them is just Warhammer 40K. I click on this, I see like so (laughs) many different 40K games. Blood Bowl, Talisman, I didn't even know these were part of it. But, uh, and there it is. God, I I, I say, and there it is so much. Like, at at the ceremony for the wedding today, after they said their vows and everybody got up and started walking around, I just, the only thing that came to my mind was just to go, and there it is. Like, well, there's a there's a certain finality to that phrase that uh, really maybe, maybe gives yeah. you some comfort. Yeah, I just <laughs> that that could be it. 
Yeah, you pick up like from Trailer Park Boys, like that's the way she goes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> do some yeah, psycho psychoanalysis on your speech patterns, KD. I'm sure there's some gold to harvest from that. There's just some <laughs> nonsense like every moment. Speaking of harvesting gold from our minds, uh, it's time for viewer questions. Oh. We've got uh, our our starting question here. Well, actually, before we do that, how can people send in questions? Mm, that's a that's a good uh, good reminder. If you want to send in questions for us each week, uh, we take questions on Sunday afternoon on Twitter. So we call out for questions before the cast, and uh, and you can send us Twitter questions at that time. Or if you want to send us a question that's maybe a little longer, um, you can email us at community at kbmod dot com. And uh, if your question's good, generally we have a little higher threshold for email questions because uh, otherwise, like Twitter's Twitter's better for you know short, short, easy questions. But uh, yeah, I mean, save the binary shit for the podcast review. Um, but you know, <laughs> if but you know, there's there's you gotta you gotta put some time and effort into the viewer questions because anybody with a Twitter account and um, or an email address can send these in. Well, and, and look, I mean, we do I, get and, a lot. And to be clear, like the viewer questions is not a time necessarily for memes. Like the viewer questions is a time for sincere reflection upon, you know, questions that are questions that are eating you up inside that you need our insight into. So, you know, give give it some thought, um, especially if you're gonna send an email. Uh mm-hmm. but but like these people here, all right, that, this feels like a pretty important question, uh, or set of questions mm-hmm. about donuts. Uh we have a question to start off. This is this is an easy one because it's just our opinion. Uh, but uh, not so ordinary gamer sent us a question. What is your favorite kind of donut? And this, uh, I, mean, I feel like there are two different ways you could take this because there's like type of donut as in flavor, and then type of donut uh, as in you know like shape or uh, or category. You know, like you've got kind of you've got fritters, you've got donut holes, you've got like, you know what I mean? Mm. Different uh, different yeah. types of donuts, and then different flavors of donuts, right? Your chocolate, your glazed, etc. I don't know. I'm a simple man. I'll just go for a simple, either a glazed donut or like something. I really don't like filled donuts. Like those just don't really do anything for me. Just no? like, really like jelly or cream. Yeah, mm. nothing really concentrated in the center. Yeah, I love a good uh, jelly donut. I don't have them that often because obviously donuts are not something you should have often, really. But, no, uh, no. But I like a, I you're... like a jelly filled donut. I'm Unless kind of you're a fritter guy. Really. Fritters, I like apples. yeah, fritters are really good. Okay. I think the the I, the times that I've had fritters, like what you can do if you want to just go all out, completely unhealthy, is you get a fritter. And you put uh, like you put butter on the top, and you put it in the microwave. So you have like melted butter on top of oh, the fritter. Yeah. It's, wow. I mean, it's it's incredible. <laughs> Damn. You know what I kind of God I hate when people post about it and stuff and how popular it got. I legitimately liked the maple bars with like bacon on it. Really, I kind of did. I did. Yeah. At least at least the donut places here and where I'm at. Like they do I was gonna well. say you've kind of got some, uh, you got more some like specialty donut shops up your way. Yeah, I mean, let it be clear, Voodoo Donut is fucking garbage, but the other places are. Um, <laughs> um, That's fire. The other Voodoo. Place, 
it's trust me if you went you would you'd be like, oh, i know yeah, i know I've, I've been there but it's i think i think voodoo is more for the uh it's, it's like a tourist experience. place you know it's like it's, it's all the, yeah. the crazy specialty stuff but it's not necessarily i feel like voodoo the voodoo types of donuts are not something you'd want to have every day you would only have it if you're like in town visiting and you're like oh let's try this crazy type of donut yeah because like voodoo for those that don't know basically the food network got to portland and they were like okay what's crazy what's unusual and then uh they came across voodoo where they literally grind up bubble gum and put it on top of a donut where they have voodoo doll shaped donuts that you can stab with pretzels and it and jelly comes out and it's supposed to be blood or they have a dick shaped donut as well <laughs> um you know if if you're if you're wanting some cock and balls they have they have something for you but um uh but yeah that Okay. As far as actual donuts go, uh, they aren't the best. Uh, there's there's a couple of places. If you ever come to Portland, check out uh, Blue Star. Blue Star is way better. Um, uh, though I do have some gripes with them, but uh, they're still pretty good. Uh, but anyways, yes. So they, they kind of popularized... Uh, I, I would give them some of the credit for the, the maple bar with bacon on it. Um, so is that, that your favorite kind of donut, though? No, I would still say fritter, apple fritter, okay. but like up, up there is the maple, like a maple bar with like a bacon, like that's if the place does it right. But um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Sorry. I think my, yeah. my favorite, it's hard to say. Cause I, I like, I like a lot of different types of donuts. Um, I try not to eat them, but uh, if you just offer me, like if you, if you brought a box of donuts in and you had like, you had a fritter and a glazed and chocolate uh, and a jelly filled it would be very hard for me to pick cuz i really like i like all those types of flavors um but i do think i like the i like just a regular glazed donut i think because you can i can compare it across different places you know like you, i feel like you can sort of judge the quality of a donut shop based on the glazed donut um, and so like a, a Krispy Kreme glazed, for instance, is a very specific mm-hmm. thing compared to like the, I don't know, uh, glazed donut you might get at some mom and pop, uh, donut shop. See, I feel that way with like fast food, Mexican food places. Like if you can just get the bean and cheese burrito and you just give that, give that a try. If it's good, that usually tells you if the rest of the, the junk that they shove out there is going to be good or not. yeah it's kind of i feel like it's kind of it's sort of like cheesecake for me like you could always get cheesecake at a at a restaurant and sort of compare desserts in a apples to apples fashion because a lot of Actually, places I have, serve cheesecake. i have a question for kitty's end uh have you just had cheesecake at uh, jack in the box or have you had actual uh, cheese cheesecake kitty's end? i've had actual cheesecake before oh, okay just making sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm I'm the most offended I've been in a long time. <laughs> what was uh, so? What, what was your answer here, Katie? What's your favorite? Uh, my favorite. I mean, I, I'm not really picky about donuts. I Come mean, under your head, you got to pick one. Uh, just a regular chocolate-filled glazed donut, no filling. Oh, chocolate-filled and glazed. No, I'm sorry. I meant chocolate-covered. But chocolate-covered chocolate and glazed, because a lot of chocolate-covered mm-hmm. are not glazed. I think I might be thinking. Are you saying a, ch- a chocolate donut with a glaze on it? Yes. Okay. I would say that. Okay. I'm not too, not too into my donut terminology. All right. I'm just saying those are like 
chocolate donut and chocolate glazed donut, I think, are two pretty different beasts. Okay. So okay. I just don't, you know, I don't want our listeners to get in an uproar. <laughs> I want I want them to know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> this Katie's on, guys. She's giving me all kinds of mixed messages. Yeah. Just a bad influence. Well, uh, so this, this next question, uh, also donut-related, but uh, I think that's just a coincidence, if not well-played. At M. Paul Awesome asks, is a donut hole a real donut? Second question, what defines a donut? Well, yeah, it's a donut. I mean, it's just, it's like deep fried dough, right? So, But is it, but I mean, is, is it a donut though? It is a donut hole, that's clear, because yeah. it's in the name. But is it a donut? It doesn't have a donut shape. I don't think donuts are really defined by shape, right? Like, what uh, defines a donut? It's just like how they're made. Yeah, I mean, like a fritter. I mean, I mean this, so there's like a secondary definition for donut, which is anything shaped like a thick ring, right? So, like tires are donut shaped, mm-hmm. right? So, are we taught? I mean, if you want to be literal, I feel like donut uh, could just mean anything that is like doughy you know doughy sweet cake or yeah, yeah you could say that it's the shape of a donut in which case a donut hole is not i don't mm-hmm. know hey uh i would i want to get m paul awesome on the cast to get to kind of understand <laughs> where his uh his priorities are at thinking about donuts at this hour i'm gonna say I don't know what defines a donut, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Is it- yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the, the title donut hole, when, if it's an actual donut hole, then there's going to be nothing there. I mean, I'm, I guess I'll be holding a donut hole right now because donuts don't have holes. So that name in itself is a contrivacy. I mean, but sure, I, I donuts use. have holes. They have a hole in the middle. That's what makes them a donut. But what about a fritter? Yeah. That's I think that's where it gets complicated, right? What defines a donut? Because a fritter is not donut shaped. I think I don't have like a good a answer here. I don't have a good this... answer here, but I would say I would say that when it comes to donuts and uh, and and similar things in the donut category, like baked, you know, sweet baked goods, it's important well, to have it's it's important to be clear about your terminology. Like you wouldn't call a fritter a donut. You should call it a fritter. And you shouldn't call yeah. it donut. Uh, you should not call a donut hole a donut. You should always call it a donut hole, because there is just a more specific way to talk about what you mean. I think if you say donut with no other context, people are going to assume it is a ring-shaped object. Well, the way donut holes were created was they were originally part of the donut, but to cook to make sure they were cooked all the way through, they cut holes into the donuts to make them hold. So the original donut was not a circle shape, if I recall correctly. But like donut holes were basically created. Well, and like you have uh, I mean, jelly-filled donuts don't have holes in the middle. Yeah, because they don't need to cook all the way through. It's just jelly. In the I know, but I'm just saying that's that, that throws another wrinkle. Next here. question. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we're blowing Katie's mind. I'm just like how, how much work can we push for the donuts? 
don't know, man. These are existential questions. People ask us for a reason. <laughs> I assume this has been bothering M. Paul Awesome for a while now, and he finally found the opportunity to ask us. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, hopefully that helps well, you. I'll be uh, next week. We will have a Twitter poll about uh, what makes a donut. Uh, but next up, all right, we have a we have a, a question from Eco Official on Twitter. He asks, "What's your favorite calculator model?" <laughs> uh, my I'm, phone. I'm not going to go with <laughs> does that count? I guess I was I was going to say. Whatever ones those like you load ROMs into and play games on. How do you not but know really, the model? Because to be honest, all I care about is whether I can type five eight zero zero eight in it, <laughs> press enter, and then have have oh it read backwards when you. <laughs> I, I would prefer that over any of the TIs or whatever. Okay, it is. so you're talking about you want a you basically just want like a large basic calculator. I lived a meme, yeah. Okay. That stuff meme potential is high there, but it's pretty limited based on like a few words. So I feel like that's you're kind of a one trick pony with that calculator. The TI eighty four plus has saved my ass countless times. So I need to give it a proper shout out. You know, the amazing thing is I feel like it's crazy to me that that's still what gets used in schools. It's like I, yeah, I was, use, I was using a TI, I think, 84 or 83 when I was in high school. And the fact that that is still a calculator that people in high school use is incredible to me. But that is, yeah. my, that is my default answer because uh, that is the calculator I used the most through my schooling years. I think I still have it somewhere, but uh, it's just a beast. That was in the in the like in the days before uh, you know phone games and things like that. Like I remember people uh, like people loading games onto. I, I loaded games onto my TI eighty three. I think I had like a snake game. Pretty sure there was a game called Drug Wars that was like actually banned at school, uh, but people <laughs> would like you know the teachers didn't know how how it worked, so it was like if if. If the teacher caught you, you just wiped your memory, you know? But I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. like... I think it was literally just called Drug Wars. And it was like sort of a precursor to all the, uh, like, you know, Mafia Wars phone games and stuff. Um, but man, yeah, those that's were, the, those uh, the inspiration. Yeah. No, there was, definitely some, uh, there was definitely some innovation in the calculator game market that I think ended up flowing into phone games. But uh, the kids today will never know. You know, you just got you got phones in your pocket, these uh, these high end computers in your pocket that can play all these games. And back in my day, mm-hmm. back in my day, well, back, yeah, back in Brad's day, he's just he's spelling boobs upside down. And, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in my day, I was playing Snake on my TI eighty three, and I thought that was pretty neat. I use the eighty three. Actually, shout out to a. Uh an old high school classmate of mine that I stole an 83 from, uh, I think five five different college students use that thing. So thanks Casey Thine, If you're listening, dude. Um, Oh, it was called dope wars. That sounds right. Yeah. Like everyone in school knew what this game was. It was, it was (laughs) only on a TI on TI 83. Crazy stuff. Oh, wow. But yeah, I feel like I don't, I don't even know. 
other calculator models these days. Like that is the only, that is the industry standard. Uh, I used to have a, a calculator watch, an old like Casio uh, watch that I bet, I don't even know if I could find a picture of it, but it was like a, it had a little calculator on it. I thought that was pretty cool. I was probably like 10 years old. Damn. Yeah. Did you wear a suit to 10th grade too or something? Or? No, 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 no. <laughs> but it was, I, it was, and there were all sorts of neat little gadgets. Like I feel like gadget, a lot of gadgets have just been subsumed into phones. But uh, I remember there was a watch that would change TV channels. Like in some, I didn't have Ooh. one, but someone, uh, like someone in class had one and they would like, they would play with, they would mess with the teacher by turning off or like changing the channel of the TV in our classroom. And I thought that was, I mean, it was stupid, but that was neat. And I had a calculator watch. So, you know, you can, you can be cool when you're a kid. Anyway, if you want to be cool, uh, you should send us an iTunes podcast review. Like two people did this week. Uh, there are very few rules. For our iTunes podcast review process. KD, can you tell us what those rules are? Oh, of course. Listen, we're a podcast, so of course we're on iTunes. Soon to be renamed, I hear. Isn't it just being called like Apple Podcasts or something? I don't know. Right? Don't know, but actually, even regardless of what happens with Apple's podcast ecosystem, yes, this, yes. this will always be called the iTunes podcast review of the week. <laughs> We'll keep it going <laughs> up until episode 800 when the whole, like, Apple's been absorbed into Google. You can pull this name from our cold, dead hands. <laughs> but yes, for our iTunes podcast review of the week, all you need to do is harvest some sort of technology that allows you to access our iTunes page. Leave us a review. Uh, it could be really anything you want. There's such a low uh, ceiling to reach when it comes to your reviews. And uh, all you, there's just one uh, prerequisite you need to meet, and that's to give us five stars. And that really is an action that you can perform that has like little rapid. Uh, what am I trying to say? Little negative repercussion on your life in any way, and it helps us out quite a bit. Uh, so you we've got a amazing? couple of reviews. KD, I just realized you can actually you could leave us a review without ever using a keyboard. You could only click, and you'd oh. still be able to leave a review. Okay, that's right. It wouldn't be an interesting review, but you could do it. You could also, for all we know, both of these reviews have been clicked. It's very possible to open up a virtual keyboard. That's true, actually. Yeah, I guess technically, mm. yeah, you could you could do anything with just a mouse. But I was thinking, like, you could you could literally go navigate to our iTunes page, click the stars, and click submit, and never even touch your keyboard. <laughs> We've got a review this week from anonymous user. Uh, didn't have anything to say. Give us five stars. So uh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> no. we, but we would still thankfully, feature you. See, that's the thing. We would still feature yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. But thankfully, we've got a couple of beautiful people who gave us five-star reviews that had a lot more to say than just the rating. Uh, the first one, I'll go ahead and take this one away. Uh, it's from Perpskerp. And uh, the title of the review is B, or perhaps Bye. It's just B I I I I I I I I. Uh, so it could go either way. He says, "Why the fuck would you brand your new fuck? Let me start over. Why the fuck would you brand your hip new tech website KBMod? It is a mouth diarrhea. You guys couldn't think of a less ugly amalgamation of PC humor." 
I can't believe KB Mott has lasted this long, but I am so happy it has. Five out of five. Well, perp skirp. Uh, I can't believe it's lasted this long either. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a miracle. But you know why it You're, endures? It endures because of reviews like this one. What keeps us um, going. <laughs> so this thing you hate so much, you're the person keeping it alive. Well, just, I think he he doesn't up. say he doesn't say he hates it. I think he, just, oh, he doesn't yeah. he has disdain for our name. Which okay. I mean, okay. I mean, let's be honest here. Like KB mod, it's three syllables. It's that's not yeah. that bad. It's pretty simple. You can it's tattooable. We've PC, seen that. PC gamer is four syllables. Maximum PC yeah. is that's more that's even more syllables. <laughs> I think I think in the world of like naming in the PC space, we have one of the easier names. Oh yeah. Hey, what's your website? Yeah. Uh, rock paper shotgun. <laughs> Baby shit. We actually <laughs> come on. Now, yeah, um, you could also flip that around and say our our website is keyboard plus mouse or die, and then you've completely oh, maybe won. maybe that's what yeah, he's talking of... about. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe he's referring to sort of the full. Um, hmm. like, you know, the fully expanded version of our name, which then I could see he might have a point. In that regard, it is not too great. But in that case, that's that's the great thing is you don't have like you don't have to call it by its full official name every single time you refer to it. Yes. We actually can't change the name um because somebody got a tattoo of KB Mod on there. So <laughs> Yeah, it's too far gone. We have a we, we can, have a we lot. can change the acronym. Yeah, but um, we've set the course of people's lives based on the name being what it is, so we can't change it now. I'm sorry. I have to live with that. But thank you for the review. You know what, though the like the review section is a great place to air that grievance. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Five stars. The review section is just a great outlet for pretty much anything you're feeling at all. It doesn't really have to be podcast related. As long as you five stars. Yeah, speaking of uh, things that aren't on this week's podcast, uh, the title of this next review is about Scott Fisher. It's from Manito Pussolini. (laughs) (laughs) Gave us five stars. He says, I saw Scott Fisher at a Wawa yesterday. I told him how cool it was to meet him in person, but I didn't want to be a douche and bother him and ask him for photos or anything. He said, oh, like you're doing now? I was taken (laughs) aback. (laughs) And all I could do was say, Huh? But he kept cutting me off and going, huh, 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 and and closing his hand shut in front of my face. I walked away and continued with my shopping, and I heard him chuckle as I walked off. When I came to pay for my stuff up front, I saw him trying to walk out the doors with like 15 Milky Ways in his hands on that page. (laughs) The girl at the counter was very nice about it and professional and was like, sir, you need to pay for those first. At first, he kept pretending to be tired and not hear her, but eventually turned back around and brought them to the counter. When she took one of the bars and started scanning it multiple times, he stopped her and told her to scan them each individually to prevent any electrical interference, and then turned around and winked at me. I don't even think that's a word. Wait, he said, infanterance. Okay, I didn't, I didn't say it as written. He said, to prevent any electrical interference. Inveterance. All right. And then turned around and went to me. I don't even think that's a word. After she scanned each bar and put them in a the bag and started to say the price, he kept interrupting her by yawning really loudly. <laughs> Damn. 
Oh my god. What an incredible that was story. Wow. We'll have to we'll have to have Scott answer for his crimes uh yeah. next week when he's on, because that is pretty fifteen Milky Ways just ignoring this poor girl. Yeah, and honest and I mean walking out without paying, that's I mean, that is not the Scott Fisher that I know. Oh I mean, yeah. He, I thought he was an upstanding gentleman, but how, I, guess I mean not. how how comfortable do you have to be at a Wawa to just walk out without paying? Actually, now that I think about it, it's possible that this is like if this was his let's say like his home Wawa, you know, the one he goes to all the time, maybe maybe he's like they already know his payment information, right? Maybe this is just like Maybe maybe Manito here didn't know that he's just like he's just basically he's good for it, you know. Mm. That could be it. That could be it. In that case, Manito Bussolini has no case, yeah, interfering in this. But I mean, honestly, though, Scott, it sounds like Scott was pretty rude to this guy in his face. It (laughs) yeah, he just kept interrupting him. He only said he was like he he told him how cool it was to meet him in person. And he didn't want to bother him and ask for photos. And then Scott assumed that was actually him asking for a photo. But he said specifically he didn't want to be, like, he did not want to ask for a photo. So I think Scott is assigning, I think Scott assumed this guy was actually trying to, like, get in his face when, based on his side of the story, he wasn't. Yeah, maybe he was just in a dark place. He had a lot of aggression with him. He's trying to get out of there with Milky Ways. He's trying to shut down any annoying fans, like that one guy outside of the grocery store. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. If uh, if Scott is going into a Wawa and getting fifteen Milky Ways, he is not in a right state of mind. That was just to feed his cats, though. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Milky Way for every cat. So. Well, that cat. is that is quite a story. That's not enough. Uh, I really do. I appreciate that review, Minito, and uh, five star review. Even though it sounds like if you were reviewing his interaction with Scott Fisher, he would not have left five stars. Uh, mm-hmm. But luckily, he's not. He's reviewing the podcast, uh, and five stars is the rating we deserve. So thank you, uh, Perpskirp and Minito, for your reviews. And uh, you also can leave us a review, and we might feature it on a future cast. So please do that. Uh, but I think uh, that's going to leave us some bits. Oh, nice. Uh, nice callback. If you watch the if you watch the cast live uh, each Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, you can drop by, watch the cast live and maybe subscribe to our Twitch channel or uh, or drop some bits in the chat. That'd be cool. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us uh, for episode 275. So thank you guys for uh, for joining us. You can find us on a lot of different social media outlets, uh, but we're mostly, I think, most active on Twitter, I would say. Uh, we are at KBModGaming yeah. on Twitter. But we also have a Steam group, a Facebook page, uh, Discord, all sorts, of, uh, all sorts of places where you can interact with us and uh, interact with folks in the community. So I would say for all of those things, for the whole clearinghouse, go to KBMod.com. Not keyboard plus mouse or die.com because that would be a mouthful. Like that would be a lot, but no, just kbmod.com. And, uh, and you can find all the places to follow us. Um, and we, uh, you can also follow us individually. Uh, I am at Volition on Twitter. That's V O L 1 T I O N. Uh, you can find Katie Zen at Katie Zen 18. 
And you can find Brad at Hutchison15 on Twitter. So uh, thank you for joining us for episode 275. Uh, We will be back next week, same time, same place. We will see you then. Yeah, that.